0: What up, what up? Thanks for tuning in to Hot Take Season, where these hot takes are rated E for, well, you know, everybody. I'm your host, Mia Me. Please remember to hit me on my socials with your takes. That's at Hot Take Season on Twitter. It's underscore Hot Take Season on Instagram and YouTube Hot Take Season. Now I'm joined for this episode by a former classmate of mine, Anthony Wallace, who happens to be a pro football player, but in Tokyo. So Anthony, what's been up? How have you been?
1: I'm pretty good. How about yourself?
0: I've been good. I've been good. I can't complain. So if you could give us a little insight on what your football journey has been over the years.
1: Man, like you say, it's been nothing short of a journey. <laughs> uh, exactly exactly that. But high school, you know, I um was number one state, one number one player in the state, mm-hmm. under all American. And I chose to go to the University of Oregon. I ended up transferring from the University of Oregon to North Texas, where I graduated. Um, I played arena for a few years. And then I got the opportunity to play in, in Tokyo, which has been nothing short of a blessing.
0: And that's funny, because at first, I didn't even realize that there was American football over in Japan. Um, but that just goes to show how like your journey broadened everybody else's eyes. To sports overseas. So, how did you end up in Tokyo?
1: No. So, what actually happened was, yeah, I didn't know anything about football over there either. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: um, a group of people were kind of running a scam where they were sending like false contracts to players, getting them to send them money. And these people had sent a contract to me, so you know, at first I was excited. I did a a little more digging, Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: actually started reaching out to teams directly. So the team I play for is uh, Asahi Beer Silver Star.
0: Okay. And I um,
1: actually got in contact with them directly. And we started negotiating. And I still was a little unsure Because I, I was like, you know, th- these people just tried to scam me. But, you know, how do I know if these people are real?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they sent me a, um, a plane ticket. And I was just like, okay, this is okay, that's a real ticket. So I, I called the airport at least three times just to <laughs> make sure it was a real ticket. So I was like, okay, it's a real ticket. So, you know, I got on that flight and it didn't seem real till I actually was there at dinner. And I was like, okay, I'm really across the world. So that's how yeah. I actually got introduced to it. Yeah, somebody meant something bad, but God meant something good. and it
0: worked I hear you.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, um... Is the football – what is football like over there? Like, how much of a difference is it? Is it a longer season, a shorter season?
1: So, the season – the season is split up into two seasons. You have the fall and the spring. Mm -hmm. Um, With everything going on with COVID, it's kind of – kind of reshaped the season. But on normal season, it's maybe six regular season games in fall, and then you have, like, a playoff format and kind of the same thing in the spring. So it's it's a little shorter, and and for like here, the culture of football is you know there is a job like professional athletes. That's your job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of. In Tokyo, um, football is not as big with fans, mm-hmm. even though it's growing. So one of my team rules is that everybody must have a job. So we have to everybody works, and then you you have to practice everything around it. So it just shows. The little dedication and the love for the game that they have, but I would say it's it would be the NFL, the CFL, and then I would say it's the X league, so it's definitely up there and it's getting better and better
0: okay, okay, so there's three divisions in that league, am I right it is okay um and about how many teams per per division
1: so it's about I said the top Top division is split up into it's a total of twelve teams, and then that division is split in half. So it's maybe maybe six to eight per division.
0: Okay, okay. And what's like y'all Super Bowl? What's that called?
1: It's called the um the Ex bowl which is in the Tokyo Dome. Is where they play the base, baseball is huge in Tokyo,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: the soup that's where the Super Bowl is played. They bring out the the turf field, and that thing is packed. It's crazy.
0: Wow. So let me get this straight. I, I did read somewhere that there's like only three Americans allowed per team. Is that right?
1: It is. So, so each team is allowed for four Americans. Okay. And, but it is, is, as the league gets more advanced, you know, everybody finds loopholes.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: if you were born in Tokyo, so it's a, it's some people that's family were like military or their parents are just over there. Mm-hmm. When you're born there. And that's what your birth certificate say. You don't count as an American. And
0: mm-hmm. if
1: and if you graduate university from Tokyo, or Japan, you don't count as a uh, foreigner either. So you no, know, it's some younger guys going over there, going to university, and then guys that you know family was in the military mm-hmm. or they're uh, Japanese. They're coming back to the league, and it's, getting, it's, getting, it's making the league thrive, actually. I think one team this year had about 11 American players, oh, but wow. it was allowed because, you know, most of them were Japanese or went to school there or something of that nature.
0: Okay, okay. Um, so we went to Skyline High School here in Dallas, which is kind mm-hmm. of a, a mini college campus, you could say. Um, where we were, like, exposed to different races and cultures. Did you have a big culture shock when you got to Japan?
1: Uh, Definitely did, but I think, like you say, the high school we went to, I was prepared. Mm-hmm. The culture shock was more so, like, the language barrier and kind of the food and just how, like, something small would be how if me and you went to dinner with a group of friends, everybody's going to pay for their own bill, mm-hmm. order their separate food versus in Japan. Everybody orders together. You know, we just get a bunch of stuff we eat, and then at the end, we just put our money together. So it was, it's, it's definitely a culture shock, but it's, it, it opens my mind just to be able to just experience someone else's culture and just see how big the world really is. Yeah, that
0: has got to be a really dope feeling. So you mentioned the language barrier. Have you picked up on any Japanese since being over there?
1: Uh, I know the basics, but that is something I definitely need to get better at. Like, you know, I'll be struggling and now. I've been trying to to dive in that a little more, even if it's YouTube or just, you know, reading a book or something. Mm -hmm. Because that helps a lot if you can communicate.
0: Yeah, I can imagine um, that being sort of an issue with trying to communicate with your teammates during a game on the field.
1: No, definitely. That makes it makes it tough. But one thing I did learn is that, you know, the first language of the world is energy. You know, <laughs> I went across the world and made friends and brothers for that I know it would be lifelong relationships and we can't even speak, you know, have a regular conversation. But I could just feel the energy, the intentions. But like you say, it'd make it a lot better if I could if we could just understand each other, but energy, we definitely feel that and we kinda we kinda make it work, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: We make uh,
0: it work. So have do you have any other teammates from Texas over there? Uh
1: yeah. This this past season I actually had um King Jones, he went to DeSoto.
0: Okay.
1: And uh Jonah Hodges, he's from California. And uh Kadarius Humphreys, he is from uh he's from Alabama. Okay. So it was, uh, Two Texans on the team, a Californian and uh, an Alabama kid.
0: That's something to be a little comfortable with. You got yeah, some Yes,
1: yeah, some familiar some familiar faces, and they did help a lot. Because the first year I went, I was by myself. Mm-hmm. And that was tough, but I think I was the one to kind of open the door. And then the next year, I just brought some people behind me.
0: How long and, was it before you got uh, homesick? Or did you get homesick?
1: The first, the first time I didn't get homesick because I was enjoying my extended vacation.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, the second time, I think I was there maybe eight, nine months, and okay. toward the end, I was kind of like, you know, I was missing my family a little bit.
0: Have they been able to visit you and come to any of your games?
1: Uh, they haven't yet, but that's something we're planning on because that. That trip from here to Tokyo is a little expensive to bring everybody.
0: Safe. I fear you.
1: You're kind of saving save and then trying to get, get it worked out so we can make a trip out of it.
0: Yeah. That would be a yeah. good family trip right there.
1: Definitely would be.
0: Yes. Okay, so one thing that I can appreciate is that when you are home, you give back to the community and help younger athletes seeking to go to the next level, whether that's high school ball, college, or even trying to get to the pro. Uh, the pro level can you talk a little bit about some of the youth camps that you've hosted and been a part of
1: yeah of course i um so i actually my job here at home i serve when i'm home and then i work for a company called pylon 707 which is a uh, it's a black owned business and the ceo is actually just been my mentor since high school and okay. And basically, what it is, we uh, it's a seven-on-seven circuit, so it, it would be similar to maybe like AAU basketball, mm-hmm. and we go from state to state and have the tournaments. And, but the best thing about our tournament is, is that it's just so much exposure. I remember it's um, a kid at Skyline now; he's a he's going to be a senior. But His sophomore year, he came to camp. You know, everybody kind of knew who he was. He had a good day, and he left the camp with. Well, maybe three to four offers from like Florida, Oregon, and Texas. You know, mm-hmm. so the, our focus is just to get these kids exposure. You know, mm-hmm. giving them an opportunity and just keep creating an avenue for kids to just you know create a, a better life because it's a lot it's a lot going on in the world and kids could be doing anything. True, and I could they could be doing anything. So we think if you know one or two weekends out the month, if we're in your state and creating something that. You know, that's just what we're trying to do.
0: So, again, you said y'all travel around from state to state. So there's not just one particular neighborhood that y'all cater to?
1: No, it's – uh, we hit we hit several states, and I think our biggest tournaments is, might be here in Cowboy mm-hmm. Stadium and then in, in Las Vegas. Those okay. are kind of our biggest. So I think in Vegas about 200 teams come out.
0: Nice. So it's oh, a
1: big nice. tournament, yeah.
0: So are there
1: any requirements for the students to participate? Well, it's on our end, you know, you have to have your birth certificate and all that information, but it's a lot of organizations. Like, I know here in Dallas, we have Team Grind mm-hmm. and uh, True Buzz, which is kind of like, they're nonprofit organizations that kind of come in and they mentoring the kids. they helping them work out, helping them with their grades and just making the overall impact on the kid's life. So for me, that, that, those were the type of people that helped me get to where I wanted to be. So I started by volunteering with those guys, just coming back, you know, working out with the kids and just being around. And now I'm in the stages of kind of creating kind of my own organization because I see it's more kids that need it, you know. Right. Those guys, Yeah, those guys' hands are full. They have, you know, 50 to 80 kids. So, you know, why not create something new? To just get more kids, and uh, you know, you, you have to be in good standings with those organizations, as far as grades and and just off the field stuff. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think you have to be a high school athlete. But we we also go down to um, sometimes we might have third, fourth, fifth, sixth on up. Okay. So long as so it depends on kind of the organization you're with that kind of make the requirements. But long as you're a student athlete. You no, know, we let you come participate in our camps.
0: Okay. So have you had, um, like, the help of any of your former teammates, be it high school, college, or at the pro level, to kind of come back and help out with that stuff too?
1: Yeah, definitely. I know right now uh, Michael Morris has been handling our strength and conditioning. Okay.
0: You know, uh,
1: Devontae Kincaid comes out and helps us sometimes. He's, he helps with the offense. It
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, just, you know, me playing football myself, I'm able to call former players or friends and they actually come out and just help so yeah that's that's definitely a plus for me just having those relationships and not burning any bridges and just staying in contact because you know it's it's one thing me talking to the kids but if they could actually see some people that's like been there or still there come back it helps a lot
0: okay so um in case anybody is listening and they want to become a participant of this what, who would they need to contact or what's like a website or something that they could go to, to get more information?
1: Okay. So each, if they want to be a part of my specific organization, we have a social media, which is YK1K Elite. And they can go in there and we have a, a inquiring information of who to contact to join. And just about all those organizations I mentioned, like Team Grind and Truebuzz, they have the same thing, like via social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and they have all their contact information in those, in their bios. So if you're trying to get involved, coaching, playing, or anything, those, the social media platform is definitely the communication place.
0: Okay, okay. Um, and speaking of helping others kind of elevate their game and themselves personally, can you kind of speak on what's going on in the world right now? Have you had a chance to go out and protest with Black Lives Matter?
1: I, I actually have. I'm uh, making plans to go out there again today. Okay. And, um, and with, with with that being said, it's just like I said, it's a lot going on, and I think everybody should just kind of find that role mm-hmm. and and kind of just fight that way. You know, if that's donating, if it's being on the front lines, because I see a lot of people just because there's it's really no answer and no solution right now. Mm-hmm. I think I think everything that's going on is we want to be heard and which is a necessary process until there is answers. So I think, you know, just get behind whatever you're most comfortable with. But one thing I learned is, you know, uh, comfortability, getting out your comfort zone is when great stuff happens.
0: That is so true. Um, It it takes people getting out of their their comfort zone to make stuff happen. Because a lot of times if you don't go to the situation – and speak to it and do something about it. We'll forever be stuck in this circle.
1: Definitely, and, and actually, being up there, you can't. You know, it's hard. It's hard because you know you see police officers that's kind of scared. You know, mm-hmm. you see police officers that they're black. You know, they kind of confused. You know, you have some that's aggressive. You have some protesters that just, you know, they're not violent, but they just want to be heard. You have some that are violent. So it's just, I won't say chaos, but it's like. It, it, it's definitely needed right now to create change. That uncomfortable zone, you definitely feel it out there because it is definitely an uncomfortable place.
0: Yeah. Something that was interesting to me, though, was uh, just a month before this happened, uh, people were upset with the M- NFL for proposing draft incentives for hiring minority GMs and head coaches. And then they turn around this month and say they're supportive of equality and what's going on. This is the same organization that, you know, had his grievances against Colin Kaepernick for kneeling. And um, a couple of high-take season listeners wanted to voice their opinion on it via Twitter. Um, At Uber, the diplomat said that proposal is insulting and bull fecal matter for better choice words. Um, At Dunlap underscore Jake said, this is very serious and the NFL and other leagues need to resolve it. Do you think the NFL still may not get it at this point?
1: I think this this is what I this is what I believe. I look at a timeline, you know, slavery was for 300 400 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Then
1: you look at it, and then you look at the gap between that, it was segregation between maybe 80 to 100 years and, mm-hmm. and then and now we're here in 2020 and it hasn't been that long since all of that has happened. And, uh, you know, so one thing I talk about my sister with is that, you know, some stuff isn't kind of in your DNA. And, you know, that's that's how everything here was built on. Mm -hmm. I think think for those guys, they have an experience, nothing else besides what they're used to, you know. That's just kind of how they've been running things. And I think it takes stuff like this for them to actually get it, if they want to get it. Because now you have no choice but to kind of, understand where we're coming from so now it's a choice on them like it's the way we've been doing it Mm -hmm. that you know but now it's an outrage and now you have a choice to either continue how you've been doing it or help create change and I think that's when these teams or organizations really gonna show their true colors or who they really are or what they're about because now it's it's nothing you can't you know it's not a Kaepernick thing where you just get them out the league it's no it's a it's a whole nationwide worldwide thing that's going on and it's interesting this. Interesting to see what's gonna happen in the NFL when they start back because you know with how it is going on right now, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a lot more people stepping up and voicing their opinions that's all part of these organizations.
0: Yeah. Um it, it's 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 dead smack in their face right now. It it was back then, but I think now there's a lot more going on, they can't ignore it even if they try.
1: People people are fed up right now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Have you spoken with any of your teammates, be it American or Japanese, about what's going on over here?
1: I have, and um, they, even some of my Japanese uh, teammates have sent me videos that they're they're actually protesting
0: okay, out there nice.
1: in Tokyo as well. So I think I think everybody's getting kind of behind each other, mm-hmm. and just you no, know, we we tr- we're trying to figure it out, like what needs to be done.
0: Um, i'm just I'm just praying and hoping for better days at this point. again, I applaud you and appreciate you for putting in some effort to going out there and being on the front lines to try to help bring change um But looking on to a brighter note, they're saying we may get the n b a uh returning by the end of July uh I think that will bring the finals to maybe October twelfth or something like that. They said. So, with that being said, do you have a favorite NBA team right now?
1: Uh, Not, not specifically a team, but I am team LeBron, so I, I'm marking okay. LeBron out of the way.
0: Did you have them winning the finals this year?
1: I definitely did. <laughs> I definitely did. I
0: feel you. What about NFL? Any NFL teams you like?
1: Uh, NFL teams, I I'm, I'm kind of like a player person. I have a, a lot of friends and teammates that play, so I don't have a specific team. Oh,
0: okay. Well, um, any season predictions
1: with that? With it. Uh I say Eric Ornstead of the 49ers is gonna have a he's gonna have a great year. They, you know, they were in the Super Bowl last year. But mm-hmm. he does a lot. He does a lot in the community. You know, during COVID, he was providing free Wi-Fi for families out in Sacramento, you know, big. He, big. He's, he's contributing to Black Lives Matter. And he just always big in the community. He's one of my, my good friends. So I I'm, I know for sure he's going to have a, a great year.
0: All right. Well, to wrap this up a little bit, um, shout out to BTP, by the way. I think it's, it's really dope to see that y'all are still rocking with each other throughout the years. You don't always get that with friends that you, you know, grew up with, be it from high school or before that, that you can carry into, you know, your adult years. So shout out to y'all with that. Um, Again, thank you, Anthony, for taking the time to talk with me today. It has been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Well, that's all I have for this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll catch y'all on the next episode of Hot Take Season. Y'all be blessed.